Hipgrave here receiving attention. It didn't look great at all. The last game of the season against Penrith went to jam on Tavita Pangai, came off second best and had the whiplash and head hit the back of the ground and then was like completely out. Like, don't remember that whole game. The symptoms that I had after that one was the worst I had in all previous concussions. Like I had a headache for two months afterwards, like consistent throughout the day, throughout the night, I couldn't sleep. My emotions were just going up and down. Like I'd be super happy and then I'd be brought down to tears. When the neurologist who's someone who's been doing this for years says, mate, it's, it's probably, I recommend that you medically retire. It's a heavy conversation. Yeah, quite an emotional time there for a young man who's going to join us on mm. Sports Day. This is Sats and Rat for Sports Day. Welcome back to the show. And he's also a young man that both myself and Rat have had a fair bit to do with over the years <laughs> yes. through rugby league circles because he made his debut with the Gold Coast Titans in 2017 and unfortunately had to retire at the ripe old age of around 24 years of age. And But his, uh, his next chapter in life is an interesting one, and that's the reason why we've got him here in the studio. Welcome to Sports Day, Keegan Hipgrave. Boys, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Oh, mate, we're stoked to have you. I, I, um, I was saying to Sats before you came in, I used to just, I, I, it was before sort of the, the clips were coming up on Instagram and stuff the way they used to, but you'd play a game and I'd, I'd search, for the, they'd put clips up on YouTube. And I'd look for his clips because he'd be absolutely terrorised. You were saying before Keegan got here, you said, I remember watching him play for PBC and he used to go head-to-head with his other player. And then Cohen jumped in and said, I think it was Jai Arrow. Arrow. I think think Jai might have been a bit before my time. Or maybe maybe there was a crossover. I'm not too sure. I played Bronx with Jai under 20s. But... um, yeah, it was. Uh, Who was the player at, at Kibra that you used to go? Was it was it Joy? Nah, I, I think it was a guy called Keanu Dawson. That's him. Keanu yeah. Dawson. That's him. Yeah, <laughs> he was a, and he was and he was a big guy as well. So I oh, think we just we just clashed heads. Mate, it was um, it was it was great footy. I mean, it, at that age, you, you're playing footy, aren't you? I mean, you, you're really ripping in, and and you had aspirations as did every kid at PBC and Kibra Park, and I used to love watching those matchups. And yeah. uh, mate, it was great to see you. You know, I, I was shattered when you went up the road to the Broncos. Yeah. And, um, but when they got you back, I was absolutely wrapped to see you uh, pull on the Titans jersey. So we'll talk about post-career really soon and what you're doing now, which is really exciting. I mean, I'm really enjoying watch, watching the, the product that you're putting out there each and every week, Keegs. But you make your debut at 20, don't you, I, yeah. at the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a kid that's growing up and, and I don't know who you ever wanted to play for, whether there was one team you ever wanted to play for. Was there a team that you just, growing up as a kid, you always would have loved to have made your debut with? Well, growing up, I always went for the Brisbane Broncos because right. there was no Gold Coast Titans yeah. back then. Obviously, growing up on the Gold Coast, as soon as the Titans came into the fold, I had to go for them. And, like, mate, I had I had all the Titans gear. Like, I had a Titans nipper board, like, when I was doing, <laughs> when I was doing clubbies. <laughs> I'm, pretty nice. sure, mate, I'm pretty sure I took it to training um, when the when the side first came in. And um, I might have even got you to sign it, mm. Matty. Like, I, I got the whole team to sign it. I was a huge Titans fan. Um, but did my junior development at the Bronx. So uh, naturally when, when the opportunity came up to, to stay with the Bronx in the under-20s and, and you know, do your first full-time um, pre-season with them, I just took it. I had to take it. Yep. Uh, wasn't through a run of injuries where I know I could, thought I probably could see that there was an opportunity to debut at the Gold Coast Titans. So I took that up in uh, 2017, yeah. 2017 and then, yeah, got to make my debut in the last game of that year. Mm. So we just heard the audio earlier on. you Suffered a series of head knocks, and at the age of 24, yep. you, you're told that it's probably best that you look for an, another career outside of rugby league. And did you try and fight it? Did you try and 
go against doctor's advice. Were you sitting at home at stages going, Second no, guessing, no, no, yeah. no, I, I, I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah, it's, um, mate, to be honest, just hearing that audio before, I haven't listened to that in a little while. So, yeah, um, well done, Cal. It, br- uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it brings back a lot of memories. Um, but, yeah, to, to answer your question, yeah, of course. Like, you growing up, I had a heap of concussions. Um, playing Australian schoolboys overseas, I got a heap of concussions. And then even when I was at the Titans in 2019, um, I had a full year off. I had, I had mm. six months off. Where I had the three diagnosed concussions where you go over and you see uh, independent neurologists. Um, and then he said, mate, you've, um, you've, you know, you've experienced quite a few head knocks. Um, we recommend you having six months off, which turned to 12 months with COVID. Um, just to give my brain a break pretty much. Anyway, I went, finished the, the rest of the rest of the season in 2020, which was great. I had my confidence back. I felt really good. Ended up moving to the Parramatta Eels. Um, but then the same thing happened. You know, I got, I got three big concussions as well as a, a bunch of minor head knocks as well. Same thing, sat down with the neurologist and, and that was a tough time because he was like, mate, you, you know, you're, you've got other things going on outside of footy. Um, I recommend that you medically retire from the NRL. And like, that's always going to be a tough conversation, especially mm. when you're a 24 year old kid who's like, Dreamt of it. what do you mean? Mm. I'm going to, I wanted to play until I was 30. You know, I wanted, yeah. I wanted to, I want to play origin. You know, I wanted mm. to play for Australia. Those were all my goals at the time. But then when I sat back um, and had conversations with my family, I was sort of like, no, I, I want to be good when I'm like 40 and mm. 50 and 60. And there's other things that I want to do. So uh, while it was tough, I, I just feel like it was yeah still the right decision. I got a little bit emotional when I when I saw you suffering a lot of those concussions, especially hard. The, especially the ones at Parramatta, because I remember watching you as a kid playing against my son. He was at Runaway Bay, same age, all the juniors, and so I felt as though I followed your journey. And but when you look at all those head knocks, Keegan, was it the style that you played, or were you just a player that's just susceptible to? to any sort of whiplash or had a, a greater effect than any other player? Mate, probably a bit of both. Yep. A bit of mm. both. When I first had uh, my run of concussions, that was the first thing I looked at was, was tackle technique. I did a heap of work of my tackle technique. And then, but even, even then, um, once you start, you know, the concussions keep adding up and, and the more concussions you get, you usually become more receptive to them. So by the back end of 2021, I had a heap that year and, and it's probably not in my best interest or the club's best interest to every time I get a concussion or a couple concussions to have 12 months off. Like mm. no, no club wants to sign a player like that. Um, so I could sort of read between the lines of where it was going to end up mm. with all the ones that I've accumulated over the time. So yeah, mate, I just, um, sort of a bit of both, but yeah, it was just, it was just the way it was. Yeah. You, well, you certainly played the game physical and, and you know, you're not a huge guy and you, you played in the middle and you played it tough. So, you know, once I mean, I've got to say, when a boxer gets knocked out, they're never quite the same. Mm. You know, the, the the next time they come back, and and you know, it was a well, real boxers shame. Boxers have to have three months off. We're we're lacing up the next day at training. Yeah, yeah. of course. You know, yeah, yeah. And this is, new I mean, this is all now. prior to the protocols as well, obviously. Gotcha. So, uh, for you, and and yeah, it was a real shame to see you retire. How how did you go in that period post? You know that that announcement that that mm. you know you're not you're not going to play anymore. Obviously, you grew up. You had all those goals, those dreams, those aspirations. Did, did you go into a bit of a, into a dark place or were, were you, were you comfortable in your decision? Yes, mate, to, to answer your question. Yeah, I was, I was definitely comfortable in my decision growing, growing up. My, my parents were big on, you know, study outside of, outside of footy and yep. having, and having a plan B. And I saw a heap of mates and you guys have probably seen it as well. Heaps of guys struggle transitioning out of footy. You know, I'd saw, I'd seen guys do that. I'd seen players who had played in state of origin, 
when COVID hit, they didn't get a contract and they're like, well, I've got, you know, a couple months of, of you know, money, income coming in and then I've got to find then a what? job. <laughs> so I saw that firsthand. I was like, well, no, I, I want to be proactive in my approach. So I did a Bachelor of Business. I started an MBA with Ryan James. Um, there was things outside that I wanted to do. So yeah, there was, of course, a, a mourning period after after leaving the game and, and finishing up and, and I was sad and there was a lot of tears. Like I remember the phone call to Brad Arthur um, my coach at the time at Parramatta, it was the first time I said out loud that I was, you know, having to medically retire from footy. I remember sitting next to the pool at, at, at home and I was like, mate, this is what they said. And, and he's like, oh, he's like, you know, footy is not everything. You know, you got to think about your family. You got to think about your kids mm. one day. You got to think about yourself. And mate, I was just bawling my eyes out on the phone <laughs> just yeah. trying to tell him first time I said it out loud. But mate, no, like I, I look at that transition. It was a, probably a couple months there, but when, I'm lucky that when you get medically retired, you get your contract paid out. Mm. Yeah. So I had a year left on my contract. So that year was huge for me in terms of, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do, yeah. where I wanted to go, the spaces I wanted to be in um, and made the transition so much better. Yeah. I, I got to say, I, I, I did a function one day for a young man who'd broken his neck playing just regional rugby league mm. and he, he the one thing he said to me he said he was in a wheelchair and he said i can't be involved in rugby league anymore i said no that's not that's not true like you can be a trainer you can be a coach you can still be in the team environment Absolutely. so post career you still get the ability to to be involved in the banter and be involved in rugby league because uh, not only and we're going to talk about it really soon you've taken up a new role with the rugby league players association which is great but you started your own podcast, mm. Keegan and Co. So any of the listeners out there love listening to the podcast, go and search for Keegan and Co. It's outstanding because you've got mm. some really good characters that have come on. Has there been any any players that have come on that you didn't know a lot about, but all of a sudden you found, hey, this guy's life's really interesting? Well, we have conversations with not just NRL players, but but all sports and, and athletes who you know, we all look up to. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts that are coming out this Sunday with Nico Hines. And, and I know Nico here and there, we've had a few beers over the years, but I've never actually sat down with him one-on-one -on -one and had a really in-depth, vulnerable conversation. And to his credit, mate, Nico is one of the all-time great men, you know, mm. in terms of being vulnerable about, you know, his own depression and his own, you know, growing up with his mum in and out of prison. And, and he was just, we sat down maybe a couple of weeks ago and we just had the best conversation. And he was so open about everything that was going on in his life and, and what we need to do in the NRL and, and strategies and solutions and, you know, how we can help young kids coming through. And, and it was just an in incredible conversation. So like, that was probably the best chat that I think we've, we've ever had on, on the podcast. So it comes out this Sunday. Comes out this yeah, Sunday. Awesome. And don't get me wrong. Like we've had, you know, world champion, you know, swimmers, you know, we've had captains of, you know, Braden Maynard from the Collingwood, yeah. um, Collingwood Magpies won the grand final last year, Mac Horton, Ellie Day, like, these guys are not only the best athletes, you know, in their in their field, but also the best, most incredible people, and, and Nico's just one of them. Now, I, I did listen to the one with AJ Brimson, and AJ, of course, best mates with a kid by the name of Liam Hampson. Yeah. Both he and Liam and a group of mates, they go overseas on this European holiday, and, of course, for the listeners who don't know, Liam Hampson um, unfortunately passed away on that trip. Now, AJ, I love it when males are vulnerable, you know, and... Mm. But AJ was so open about the experience that he had to ringing Liam's parents to tell him what had happened. That was an amazing listen. Mate, I, still get, I still now. get goosebumps. <laughs> I'm sitting here getting goosebumps thinking about it. Mate, it was like, it was one of those things where, yeah, like it was almost a year to the day, mm. to be honest. You know, the boys went on a trip overseas to, to Barcelona and, and Europe and, and the boys were there and it was just a normal night out. You know, it was just, a, you know, boys having, having a good time as we've all done, you know, in the past. And, you know, 
well, I won't go, I won't go into the full detail of what, of what happened, but yeah, we, we ended up losing Liam, um, purely, purely by accident. Mm. Um, it was just one of those really unfortunate incidences and, and for AJ to come on to not only tell his story, but also tell the tools and strategies that he used to get through that, leaning on his friends, talking about it, not bottling it up, and also keeping names alive, like keeping Liam's names alive. Um, they've got the, Liam ha the Hampo Foundation now, which is incredible. They're in, they're in Keeper Park and, and they're helping young athletes go, um, you know, go through and help them with their education. And, and AJ's a mentor for that foundation now, which is amazing. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like the whole idea of the podcast and, and especially AJ's in particular is like, we're having conversations with athletes we all look up to. So if they can be seen talking about their own vulnerabilities and, and I guess struggles that they're going through, then it makes it okay for the rest of us. And that's what we're yeah. trying to push. Yeah, mm. it's really good. It's, uh, you know, that, that you know, I think of like that trade industry, that real tough, you know, blokey sort of, you know, it's tough work. It's tough going. It's a tough life. And, and you're right. You, you get these superstars and the, I guess these role models of these young men, you know, being vulnerable on on um, your podcast, it does allow, I guess that you know someone's heart to open up a little bit, mm. you know, which is real. It's a really important role. So mm. yeah, well done, Keeks. Um, mate, your role now, RLPA. So you've moved back to God's country. Yeah, yeah. You're back in Queensland. I did a little stint in Sydney, and now I'm back, which yeah. I'm which I'm very much enjoying. Thank you, Palmy. So tell us, you're, you're the Rugby uh, League Players Association transition manager so, uh, past that... player and transition manager yeah, so, okay. so at the moment uh, the last cba agreement um allowed us to resort uh secure some resources um and funding towards the past player and transition program which we're now currently building as you guys would know like mm. transitioning out of the game is one of ah. the hard, hardest things we, talk, mate, we talked about it before off air it's it's one of the toughest transitions and now having i guess the right resources to help players transition out it's huge. So we're in the middle at the moment of, of building the program of what it's going to look like. Um, and it's an exciting, it's an exciting space to be in. It ties into the podcast. I'm doing my postgraduate, um, you know, study in psychology. So I, I really want to learn more about this space, but also help crew along the way. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, Sats, you, you, you were pretty well set up employment wise when yeah. you finished, I'd sort of set some stuff up. So I was okay when I finished, but for every one of us, there's 20 blokes that are there, you know, twiddling their thumbs, wondering, what, you know, what do I do next? You know my what whole life has been rugby league. I struggled with the most is, was that your phone stopped ringing from your teammates. Mm. How come my teammates, well, mate, my former teammates mm. don't ring me anymore? I like, mean, I miss, I, the, the, the thing I miss the most was that two minutes straight after a game in the dressing room. Yes. That yes. two minutes. If you could bottle that feeling and, and sell it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't miss that. That's like anxiety ridden, yeah. horrible. <laughs> That two minutes after a game, when it's just you and your teammate, if you could bottle that feeling and sell it, you'd be worth yeah, billions. It's the best. It's, that, the, it's best. The, that, that energy, that feeling. That, that's what I miss the most. Hey, um, Keegs, love what you're doing, mate. Awesome. And, um, love what you're doing post-career now. He's still a young man now and, um, and doing some great things for rugby league, but also just the chats you're having on Keegan and Co. So, listeners, if you want to listen to a very good podcast, Keegan and Co. and the Nico Hines ones drops this Sunday. So, go and find it wherever you find your podcast. Keegan Hipgrave, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Thanks for having me, boys. Go on your kegs.